This parak discusses five different types of shavuos midrabanon, where the person making the shavua is the one who's going to receive the money. Midraisa one only makes a shavua in order to exempt him from paying. But there are five cases where the rabbanon said that the person who is making the claim for the money, he is the one who is able to swear, and if he does so, then he can take the money. And in many of these cases, Rabbi Yehuda holds that the Rabbonon only said this in a case where anyway the person who's being claimed against was Mudmimiktas, he admitted to part of the claim being, be- being made against him, and so Midoraisa, the law is that he is now obligated to swear about the rest of it, and if he doesn't swear about the rest of it, he's going to need to pay for the rest of the claim. So he's already in a position where he's possibly going to need to pay. He can just exempt himself by making a shavua. In that case, the Rabbanon said that instead of him being able, having the right to exempt himself by making a shavua, we're going to transfer the shavua from him onto the person who is making the claim. And the person making the claim can make a shavua and receive the money from the other person. But in a regular case, according to Yehuda, where the person being claimed against has not been made in the Taina, so right now he's in a, a totally innocent position, and he's not obligated to swear already or to pay. So then, the Rambola never said that the person making the claim is able to just swear and take the money from the other person. So the second person out of the five, the first, the first of, the, of the five cases was a worker that he's able to swear that he hasn't received his wages yet because the employer would often be much more busy and keep less track of who he has paid. The second one on the list is Han Nigzel, somebody whose item was stolen from him. Obviously, we're not talking about every case, we're talking about a very specific case. Kate said, what is that case? If there were witnesses who testified that Ruvain entered into Shimon's house in order to forcibly take an item from him as a mashkain to keep for, let's say, Shimon owed Ruvain money and he wasn't yet paying him. So Ruvain wanted to take one of Ruvain's belongings in order to encourage... Ruvain wanted to take one of Shimon's belongings in order to encourage him to pay the debt. Now, it's forbidden to enter into his house forcibly to take a mashkain. But he did that, and so it's considered to be stealing. Shalobar Shus, it was without permission. And there are witnesses who say that this is what he did, that he entered into the house without permission, and he exited the house, and the witnesses saw that he was carrying something under his shirt, and he was, he was covering what exactly he took. But it was clear, according to the witnesses, that he took something... And indeed, Shimon takes Ruvin to Bastin, and he makes a claim against him, who I know he claims, You took my items. You're a thief. And Ruvin claims, I didn't take your items. That which the witnesses saw were my own items. You happened to have items which belonged to me, and I took them back. But I didn't take any of your items. So he's denying the entire claim. Nobody's obligated to pay anybody, and nobody's obligated to swear. It's a case where the per- one person is claiming against the other, and the other one is denying the entire claim. However, since we have a lot of evidence leaning towards the fact that he did steal something, he was not allowed to go into, even if it was for his own item, he wasn't allowed to go into the other person's property. And the witnesses saw that he did take something, so we know that he took something. Just he claims he took his own items. In this case, the Rabbanon said that Shimon can swear what, that someone was taken from him, and he's able to take that value, he can claim that value from Ruvain. 
Once again, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, This is only true if Ruvain admitted to part of the claim. So he was already in a position where he might possibly need to pay. Kate said, what would be an example? Oh my lord, if Shimon claimed against Ruvain, You took two of my items. And Ruvain claims, I only took one of the items which belonged to you. Not two. So now he's anyway in a position where he would need to swear about the second item. And if he doesn't swear, he'll need to pay. So the Rabban said, you can't swear, you're going to have to pay. As long as Shimon swears that he's entitled to that second item because you stole the second item as well. Mishnah Gimel, the third one on the list is Hanechbal, somebody who was injured. Kate said, what is the specific case which the Rabban spoke about that would allow the person who was injured to swear and to claim the money, and to take the money. If there were witnesses who testified that Ruvain entered into Shimon's domain, into Shimon's house, let's say, and he was complete, meaning he wasn't injured, he was looking absolutely fine, and he goes inside his house, and a few minutes later, he comes out totally bruised and injured. That's what the witnesses saw. Meanwhile, Ruvain brings Shimon to Beistin, and he makes a claim against Shimon, saying that you injured me, and you owe me all of the payments which an injurer owes the person who he injures. The who I'm there, and Shimon claims, I didn't injure you, it happened by yourself. You got injured by tripping over in my house. I am not the one who injured you. So he's denying the entire claim, and at the end of the day, there are no witnesses who saw the actual injury take place. However, because of what the witnesses did saw, the circumstantial evidence definitely leans to the fact that Shimon did beat Ruvain up. And because of that, according to the Tanakama, Ruvin would be able to swear that it was Shimon who beat him up, and he would be able to claim money from him for the payments for the injury. Once again, Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Huda says, This only applies if there was a partial admission. If the uh, if Ruvain, excuse me, if Shimon was made with Victus, Kate said, what would that case be? Oh my lord, if Ruvain claims against Shimon that Chabal to be Shtayim, you injured me in two different places. I have two bruises and they were both as a result of you beating me up. And Shimon claims, I only gave you one of those injuries. In that case, he would need to, that's Modim Mikzas. So anyway, Shimon is in a position where Midraisa, he would need to swear about the rest of it, and if he doesn't swear, he would need to pay. So in that case, the Rabbanon transferred the Shavuah from him to Ruvain, and Ruvain can now swear that Shimon injured him in both places and claim money for both of the injuries. What is the case where the other person involved is suspect regarding making a Shavuah and he's not trusted? We're talking about a case where the other person in the past has made a Shavuah and has proven to be false. He's proven to be a liar that he is not afraid of making a false Shavuah. Whether this occurred, whether it was regarding a Shavuah Sa'edos or or a Shavuah Shav, even if he made a Shavuah Shav in the past, which is not involving two different people or a monetary case, it's just an Aveira bin Anla Makaim, even in that case, since we can see that he's not afraid of making a full Shavuah, so we don't allow him to make the Shavuah because it's meaningless. So if let's say Ruva made a claim against Shimon, and Shimon admits to owing part of that claim, part of that money, and he denies the rest of it, so he becomes obligated to make a Shavuah regarding the rest of it. But it's known that Shimon in the past has made full Shavuahs. In such case, we don't accept any Shavuah which he's going to make now. 
Now, if that's the case, then he would be obligated to pay, according to the strict letter of the law, somebody who becomes obligated to swear in order to exempt himself from paying. If his shavuah is not accepted by base, then he would need to pay, because he has no way of exempting himself from paying. So that's according to the strict letter of the law. However, we were afraid that people would end up taking advantage of such a person. And because of that, Ruven would only be able to take money from him in such a case where he's made with us and he's already obligated to make a shavuah if Ruvain himself makes the Shavua that he's entitled to all of that money. So here, effectively, the Midyabonan law is actually to protect the person who is going to end up having to pay. Because according to the strict letter of the law, he would have to pay, and we don't accept his Shavua. Rabbanon said that he only needs to pay if Ruvain will swear that he's actually entitled to all of that money. Alright, now the Mishnah gives a few other examples where the other person would not be able to make a Shavua. And therefore, according to the strict letter of the law, he would have to pay if he was made with mixtas or something like that. And then Abraham said that Reuven can only collect the money if he himself swears. If one of them, in our case, Shimon, was somebody who gambled, he didn't have a different living, this is all that he did, or he lent people with interest, or he would race birds, this was also another form of gambling, or he did business with Schmitta produce. All of these people are invalid witnesses, and the law is that somebody who is an invalid witness is also suspected regarding making shavuos. These people aren't assumed to be the most honest people, and therefore the basin would never accept their shavua. In these cases, the other person involved, Ruvain, would make a shavua and take the money which he is claiming. Now what happens if they were both suspect, they were both not trusted regarding shavuos? Says the Mishnah, okay, so the Shavuah goes back to its original place, meaning we're left with the original halacha, which is that the person being claimed against, Shimon, he's the one who we say is obligated to make a Shavuah, and since Basin don't accept his Shavuah, he would need to pay the money, meaning the Dindra Bonon is irrelevant over here, because Ruben is not able to make a Shavuah. The Rebbeisi, that is the opinion of Rebbeisi. Meir, Meir, Meir says, Yachleiku, they should split it, which would mean that Shimon should pay half of the amount which is, which is under discussion, because this is really a case of a doubt. Rebbeisi is still concerned that Shimon would be being taken advantage of. Anybody who has a claim against Shimon would just claim double the amount, because he knows that Shimon is not able to swear and he'll have to pay him when he admits to a part of it. And so Rebbeisi says he doesn't have to pay the entire amount, he only needs to pay half. Hey, the fifth case where the Rabbonon introduced this law that somebody can make a Shavuah and collect money is a Henry Alpenkosai, a shopkeeper based on something which is written in his notebook, where he keeps account of all the money which is owed to him. Kate said, what is the case we are talking about? We're not talking about a regular case where the shopkeeper goes up to somebody and says, it's written in my notebook that you owe me 200 zuz. That's certainly not enough have a basis for him to be able to claim money from somebody. It says in my notebook, you owe me 200 zuz. Very nice. That's not a strong enough claim to obligate the other person to pay him 200 zuz. Ella, rather, what is the case we are talking about? Omar Loi, if somebody says to the shopkeeper, we'll call him Ruvain, Ruvain says to the shopkeeper, Ten chetim. Give my son two sa'a of wheat. A certain amount of wheat. Or he tells him, Ten Give my worker a seller worth of smaller coins. And I'll pay you money later on for this. I'll pay you a seller, I'll pay you the value of the two sort of wheat. So it's effectively buying from the shopkeeper on credit. 
Anyway, a while later, he comes back to the shopkeeper, or the shopkeeper comes to him, and the shopkeeper wants to receive his money. And who I there? He tells him, Nosati, I gave the wheat or the money to the workers or to your son. Can you please give me the money which you owe me? Let's talk about the workers for now. They, the workers, claim that we never received the money which the shopkeeper was supposed to give us. Says the Mishnah, who He, the shopkeeper, can swear that he gave away that money to the shop to, to the workers, and that Ruvain owes him the money. Venoitel, he can take the money from Ruvain. And the workers also swear that they didn't receive the money from the shopkeeper, Venoitlin, and they're able to take their wages from Ruvain. So Ruvain is the one who's losing out here, and the shopkeeper and the workers are both swearing. Now Ruvain needs to accept the shavua of the workers. We are accepting their shavua as being true. That's the only reason why Ruvain needs to pay them. Now if we're accepting their shavua to be true, how can the shopkeeper claim any money from Ruvain? We're accepting the shavua of the workers, but the shopkeeper didn't pay the money. So how can the shopkeeper now claim money from Ruvain? He never gave away the money to the shopkeepers. We accepted the shavua of the workers as being true, so we're relying on that fact. So how can the shopkeeper claim any money from Ruvain? The answer is, the shopkeeper doesn't accept the shavua of the workers. The shopkeeper has nothing to do with the workers. He has a dealing with Ruvain, and he's making a claim against Ruvain. Apart from that, the workers also making a claim from Ruvain. That claim which they're making against Ruvain has nothing to do with the shopkeeper. So he can say that I don't accept their shavua, I've got nothing to do with that. Meanwhile, I'm making a claim against you, and you owe me the money. This is all the opinion of the, of the Tanakama. However, Omar Bananas, Bananas said that Kate said, how can we do this? These ones are coming to a Shavua Shav, and these ones are coming to a Shavua Shav. Meaning, somebody is definitely making a Shavua Sheker over here. A full Shavua. It definitely cannot be that both the shopkeeper and the workers are telling the truth. They're making opposite statements, whether he did pay the workers or they didn't receive anything from the shopkeeper. So one of them is definitely lying. That's why the Mishnah uses the term of a shavuah shov. A shavuah shov is a case where somebody makes a shavuah which is definitely not true. So over here, we're not sure which one of them is lying. So it could be it's considered to be a shavuah sheker. The Mishnah uses the term shavuah shov because it's definitely true that one of them is lying. We're just not sure which one of them. Now, it's a big chil to have a case in Basin where somebody is certainly lying and making a full shavuah. And therefore, we don't want to cause somebody to make a full shavuah. Elohunay tol shlobi shavuah. Behenay tol shlobi shavuah. Rather, they both would be able to collect the money from Ruvain without even making a Shavua. Some versions of the Mishnah read that the shopkeeper does need to make a Shavua, but according to most versions of the Mishnah, they are both able to claim the money from Ruvain without making a Shavua.